This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, this is Donovan Darius, former 10-year NFL player. You're listening to The Jake Brown Show. We don't got music, so we beat box. All right, here we go. It's the Jake Brown Show, everybody. Radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter, at Jake Brown Radio. And follow our show, at Jake Brown Show. Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you had a great New Year. I was in bed dying of a stomach virus and nonstop on the toilet. But I'm here, and I'm alive, and I'm drinking ginger ale and feeling wonderful. Hope everyone had a wonderful New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And now it's Happy New Year, not Happy New Year's. Whoever says Happy New Year's, we're talking about one year, 2018. New year, new me, all that jazz. We got a lot to get into on the program. Joining us later will be former Jaguar safety Donovan Darius, part of the new Flag, uh, the American Flag Football League, the AFFL, they have a pros versus Joes, and the winner will get $1 million. So he's going to talk about that with us. That's coming up this year in a couple of months. Got to watch it. Flag football, Chad Ochocinco, Michael Vick, Nate Robinson will be playing, and they'll go up against Joes, average people, your deli, your deli guy, the garbage man, the cable man, the taco man. Going up against them all for a chance at a million dollars. So we'll talk with Donovan Darius about that. We'll talk about with him his Jaguars, who play this weekend in NFL Wild Card Weekend. We have four games, a couple of good ones, one or two not-so-good ones that we're going to preview on the show as well. Isaiah Thomas, he made his return. How better are the Cavs with Isaiah Thomas at point guard? And some news today and a rumor that came out about what happened before that Kyrie trade. Also, Taco Bell adding dollar nacho fries. Good or not good? You tell us on social media, and we'll talk about that as well. But we got to start off with Marvin Lewis. Happy New Year, New Year, New Me. For the Bengals, it's New Year, Same Me, Same Marvin. Marvin Lewis has been coaching the Cincinnati Bengals since 2003. He has yet to win a playoff game. But somehow, after another bad season, a 7-9 season for the Bengals, and somehow, when Marvin Lewis's biggest coaching win was the biggest win in Bill's franchise history in the last 20 years, his biggest win was the biggest win for another franchise. That is what gives him the opportunity to get a two-year contract extension with the Bengals. I don't know if I don't know if this guy has nudes of the owner. I don't know if the, what dirt this guy has, what Marvin Lewis has. 
But in an age in the NFL where job security has become such a huge issue and there's new coaches year in and year out, and this year it seems like more than ever there's going to be a lot of new coaches, how did Marvin Lewis keep his job? And how does he continue to still coach when the guy hasn't won a game past New Year's weekend? He hasn't won a game in January unless it was the regular season finale. I mean, what more does he have to do wrong to keep his job? It's just mind-boggling at this point that he's still going. Marvin Lewis in his career, 8 and 8, 8 and 8, 11-5, 8-8, 7-9, 4-11-1, 10-6, 4-12, 9-7, 10-6, 11-5, 10-5-1, 12-4, 6-9-1, 7-9. There's some good records mixed in there, but there's also a lot of mediocrity. And it's a town that has had good teams, a 12-4 team at one point, an 11-5 team here and there, 10-16, do absolutely nothing when it mattered most. Yet you have coaches losing their jobs who have at least won a game in January, who at least have done something. Coaches on the hot seat who have done something. In my mind, Jack Del Rio, I, th- I don't think he deserves to go. I like Jack Del Rio. Obviously, they underachieved, and you understand why, why he's going to go, especially when we're talking about John Gruden, who everyone, he's like the Pope of football coaches, essentially. You understand that? But you're also thinking to yourself, there's so many guys who have done much better than Marvin Lewis, who have not kept their job for 15 years. So my New Year's resolution is, one, to get get a job. (laughs) That's, That's number one. Two, to have the job security and wherewithal that whatever I do, I'm staying at that job. You take your clothes off at work. You're staying. You ain't fired. You take a dump at your desk. You're staying. You ain't fired. Marvin Lewis is living in La La Land. Land of the free, land of the free and home of the brave. Marvin Lewis is living his best life. And he gets not a one-year extension, a two-year extension. For a Bengals team that year after year, if they do make the playoffs, they do nothing in the playoffs. And Marvin Lewis said, I'm obviously a much better football coach now than I was then, back in 2003. Are you, Marvin? Are you? Are you sure about that? Because technically you're worse. Because 2003 you went 8-8, eight and eight. this year you went 7-9. and nine. And maybe the Bengals got so hyped that they helped the Bills out so much and that they won a couple of games down the stretch to get to seven wins that Marvin did a good job. This is a better team than a 7-9 and nine team. Lewis is the NFL's second longest tenured coach. You know why he's second? Because he's high behind the GOAT, Bill Belichick, at number one. I mean, it was rumored that he was out. He was planning to leave and pursue other opportunities. 
He'd probably be in the front office of Cincinnati. They love him. That organization loves Marvin Lewis, but you just wonder who, what, what does he have? What collateral does he have? I mean, it's scary. I mean, Marvin Lewis is truly living the good life. And uh, that's our number one New Year's resolution. Have job security like Marvin Lewis. And you will be in one hell of a life. This is the Jake Brown Show, radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify is where you find us. And you can follow us on social media at Jake Brown Radio, at Jake Brown Show, Pat Ann and Eddie behind the boards. We also have an interview that is up right now. So if you're watching on Facebook Live, subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Brandon Steiner, the CEO of Steiner Sports, that interview is now live on podcast.radio.com slash Jake Brown on iTunes and on Spotify. So make sure you listen to that. A really good interview about entrepreneurs his new entrepreneur show, and just Steiner, how it started, them kind of pricing people out from time to time and overpricing, and uh, the good and the bad, and players he's worked with, and players that they've had denied, and how that works in the how, how they charge so much for some things, and how he started, and where it's come. And Steiner Sports, the number one sports memorabilia company in the world, so we talk with the face of that company, Brandon Steiner, that interview available now so make sure you check that out um coming up again later on the show donovan darius former jacksonville jaguar safety and uh, he joins us to preview their game this weekend which leads me in to this weekend and the first round the wild card weekend going down the jaguars will take on the bills sunday that'll be one o'clock but saturday is chiefs titans in kansas city at 4 30 and eight o'clock Rams Falcons in LA, the LA Rams. Sunday, one o'clock, Jaguars Bills in Jacksonville. And then 4 30, Saints Falcons in the Big Easy, New Orleans. Some good games going on this weekend. The worst of that these games is undoubtedly the Jaguars and the Bills. And we talked about that with Donovan. We didn't talk about that as the worst game, but it is. The Bills might be playing without LaShawn McCoy, who has a sprained ankle. And even if he does play, he will be nowhere near 100%. They're saying he's day-to-day. But to come back a week later with a sprained ankle as a running back and be effective is not easy. And the Bills are in deep doo-doo. The Bills are happy to be here. We're just happy to be here. The celebrations around the nation were absolutely remarkable when Andy Dalton threw that touchdown pass and Andy Dalton getting $200,000 plus in donations from people after throwing that touchdown pass, give them all the credit. The bills are in, they got some help, but they're in, but the road ends here. The buck stops here. And if the bills beat the Jaguars, would it be shocking? No, because the Jaguars are happy to be here too. Jaguars defense, remarkable offense sucks. Blake Bortles, He's a step above trash. I know Jadavian Clowney called him trash. He's he's close to accurate on that. I know he's done some things this year, but Blake Bortles has shown his true colors these last couple of weeks as the Jaguars are backing their way into the playoffs. Their defense is so good that they will win this game. I think they'll cover that spread. It's around minus 7.5. I think they will win just because of LaShawn McCoy will not be as effective as you would hope he would be. But the Bills are in a position where they're happy to be here and they're not expecting much. You don't go in expecting much from the Bills here in the playoffs besides the fact that maybe they'll beat the Jaguars and after that they'll get their ass handed to them 
by the Patriots. The thing is that makes them interesting if they do win is that they have seen the Patriots twice here and they obviously know each other. So that could be a good thing. It could also be a terrible thing for them. Either way, they're going to have to go to Foxborough if they win. So that's the worst game of the four. It's going to be sloppy. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be a defensive battle. But the Jaguars are going to win that game. I give the Bills more of a shot if McCoy was healthy. In the other games, uh, the Chiefs-Titans game, kind of an ugly one there. The Titans, not a fun team to watch, really. A solid defense, and Derrick Henry has his moments in the backfield. DeMarco Murray has not been very good this year. Marcus Mariota has never been to the playoffs, so this will be his first playoff game. And the Chiefs are riding high. A streaky team that started off the year as a Super Bowl contender, winning five straight games, losing six of their next seven and then closing out with four straight. They are riding high into the playoffs. And the key to the Kansas City Chiefs is, one, giving the ball to Kareem Hunt. They went through stretches where they stopped giving him. Keep feeding him. He's very good. He's an offensive rookie of the year. He's good. Also, let Alex Smith sling it. When he gets the ball down to Tyree Kill, magic happens. Touchdowns happen. And they're a dangerous team when they when they let Alex Smith Get the ball to where he wants to go. Let him play the game of football. Let him use that play action with Kareem Hunt and let him get it to his guys down the field. Let him throw to Travis Kelsey deep down the middle. Let him get it to Tyreek Hill on the outside and Wilson and those guys and make some magic happen. When the Chiefs get too conservative, they're a very mediocre team. But they're a team, if all goes right for them, they get a shot here. We talked about them after they started the season hot as a Super Bowl contender. Remember, they've beaten the Patriots. So if the Jaguars win and the Chiefs win, it'll be Patriots, Chiefs, Jaguars, Steelers, which essentially sets up for Patriots, Steelers. But the Chiefs have beaten the Patriots in Foxborough, so they know what that takes. So it's not inconceivable to think that they would do it again here. It's not inconceivable to think the Jaguars could beat the Steelers because they have done it this season. So those second-round matchups could bode out bode to be interesting because they, those elite teams haven't beaten. In my mind, it's Steelers-Patriots because this is a new game. It's the playoffs. They're at home. It's going to be freezing temperatures. But these teams have been beaten. But I think the AFC is in a much more predictable spot. But the Chiefs also factor in being at home. Arrowhead Stadium, one of the loudest places in sports. That place will be a raucous atmosphere. In the NFC, Rams-Falcons. Probably the game of the weekend. The Rams get a very tough matchup here, and there'll probably be some Falcons fans. The Rams fans have to show up. We've talked about it all year that they haven't showed up. Rams fans, it's time to get your asses in the seats and show up in L.A. Sunday. Or Saturday, excuse me, 8 o'clock. Because you got yourself a tough matchup against the defending NFC championship champions, and the Falcons aren't going down easy. This game is more of a toss-up than you think, and I've said it over and over again. Why? A big reason? Greg Zerline. The Rams now in a position. They, the last two weeks didn't really matter. They were, they were already in. They're now in a position where they need a great kicker in the playoffs. When the Falcons stop them on, on third down and force a fourth down, and the Rams got a kick, Sam Frickin' is not a freaking option. Ficken. He's not a freaking option. 
because you don't know what you're going to get from him. So the Rams are in a tough spot here where they have an inept kicker in the playoffs and games that are going to come down to field goals, and you worry about them. Todd Gurley's really got to carry the load against the Falcons. But the Rams just don't get a tougher matchup than getting a Falcons team coming in a little bit hot here. And you know they got a chip on their shoulder. They got about between 28 and 3 chips on their shoulder, if you understand the reference. They are mad. They want this. So that that is a toss-up to me, man. That is a very good game and one that is going to come down to the wire. Uh, the Falcons also have an explosive offense. They can do it. These are two offenses. This could be a high high-powered game. This could be a high-octane game, a lot of points. In the other NFC game, the Saints and the Panthers. I'll tell you, I don't like Cam Newton. I, I've said it, and he's he's just annoying. When he loses, he's a little baby. He's a little baby back bitch. He's a sore loser, and it's it's not professional. It's not it's not a guy you want your your kids looking up to. It's not Cam Newton. I know that might sound a little harsh, but it's true. I just, I don't know about Cam Newton. And he's in a tough spot winning in New Orleans. You saw they could not get anything done against the Falcons. And now they have to go to New Orleans. New Orleans has got to be pissed. I mean, the way they lost to the Bucks in that final week, luckily still winning the division, didn't make much of a difference that they lost. But the Panthers had themselves a chance to work their way up. That's going to be another good one. I just I just don't buy into the Panthers hype. I don't think they're that good. I think they had a good season. They surprised me. But I just don't think they have enough targets on offense for Cam to have success, and especially on the road. I think this is the Saints game to win. I think it could be close within a touchdown. I don't I, I don't know if the Saints will blow them out, but the Saints are going to win this game. In some estimations, it would shock me if the Panthers win. So let's make our picks. Let's make wild card weekend picks here on the Jake Brown Show on radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify. I kind of gave it to you then. We'll give it to you and give it to you against the spread. First off, Chiefs-Titans. I said it. I think the Chiefs at home I think they're playing very well right now. They're riding high coming to the playoffs. And Alex Smith is going to get the job done, and Kareem Hunt's going to get a ton of carries. And they're going to get this job done against the Titans, who are new to the Marcus Mariota, new to the playoffs. This is new to them. So I like the Chiefs in this game. I believe the spread was minus 7.5. I will take the Chiefs to win the game, and I will take the Chiefs to cover. I think they win this game somewhere around 27-17 at home. The Chiefs move on. In the other AFC game on Sunday at 1 o'clock, the Jaguars versus the Bills in Jacksonville. I said because LaShawn McCoy may not play, and if he does, it looks like he will. It's the playoffs, so he will, but playing on a sprained ankle, there could be one tackle and he's out of there. It's going to be one move that takes him out, and he's not going to be able to cut like he normally can, like the usual shady. He'll just be LaShawn McCoy on Sunday. He won't be shady. 
And for that reason, the Jaguars' defense should play well enough. This is going to be a sloppy, somewhat low-scoring game. I think the Jaguars get by the Bills somewhere around 20-10. to 10. I think it'll be low-scoring, but I think 20-10 to 10 the final. I think the Jaguars will find a way to get a defensive touchdown because you know what? They do it every week. They find a way every week to get a wild defensive touchdown, and I think the Jaguars get it done. So I'll go with the uh, – with the bread and butter, the what's on paper, I think the Chiefs and Jaguars move on, so it'll be Patriots-Chiefs, it'll be Steelers-Jaguars, NFC, Rams-Falcons in L.A., Saturday, 8 o'clock. Again, this is easily the toughest pick to make against the spread. I think the... This, I'm going to go with the Rams. I think the Todd Gurley is just going to run it down their throats and despite having an inept kicker, I think the Falcons are going to find a way to choke again. I think they're. I think the Falcons will just choke. They'll choke away, choke it away. And the spreads around minus five and a half. I think it'll be close. I think it, it might come down to a thick and field goal, which is scary. Um, but you know what? I think the Rams will cover. I think the Rams cover. And they win this game. I think it's going to be some. It's going to be not many field goals for the Rams, at least. I'm going to go with the Rams here. Twenty-four seventeen. I think twenty-four seventeen. The Rams get this done, and uh, the Falcons another year, another choke. I wouldn't say a choke. They're they're playing uh, with house money here. But that is just such a tough pick because part of me wants to pick the Falcons. I haven't bought into the Rams much until later in the year, and now I'm kind of buying in. And then when I did, Greg Zerline was out for the year. But I'll take I'll I'll take the Rams here, twenty four seventeen. I'll take the Rams to cover, the Chiefs to cover, and the Jaguars to cover. Saints Panthers in New Orleans. That spread is minus six for the Saints. I think the Saints win. I think they cover by a touchdown. I think they maybe even more. I'm going to go with the Saints to win this one 31-24. I think 31-24, the Saints win in New Orleans and move on. And I'm, I know I'm going with three and four and three and four. Not taking the five or six teams here. And the NFC, the clear-cut better conference than the AFC. That would mean that the Nick Foles and the Philadelphia Eagles will take on the New Orleans Saints, and the Minnesota Vikings will take on the Los Angeles Rams, which is a good one. Those are tough and very difficult for the Eagles. I mean, if you're an Eagles fan, you can't have much confidence right now. You can't be that confident in Nick Foles. And now you might have to face the Saints. I mean, how difficult is that? What they have going for them, though, is that they do have home field. Frigid in Philadelphia. I mean, we're going to talk about maybe 5, 10 degrees, maybe snow. That's going to play a factor. Remember, the Saints have Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. So give them the snow, they'll run it up your gut. But the Saints are a dome team playing in the cold. Drew Brees has struggled at times in these temperatures. So that is what the Eagles have going for them, and they have their defense. 
but you cannot have any confidence in what Nick Foles has shown you. These last couple weeks, Nick Foles has not looked like an NFL quarterback. Let's be real about it. Week 17, the it was the first game in like 10 years that went to halftime at 0-0. Nick Foles did nothing, and Sudfeld came in because the game didn't matter. The Eagles have the one seed. But then against the Raiders the week before, he was a trash as well. So you never know what you're going to get out of Nick Foles, and that's what scares you and have to go up, going up against the Saints. That could be a game that the Saints might be favored in. And if the Eagles are favored, it might be by three because they're at home. But, and the other side, Vikings. This is looking down the road, but Vikings ramps. Case Keenum, Jared Goff. How about that? Former teammates at quarterback going up against each other in a playoff game in Minnesota at home. I think Minnesota has an edge against a lot of these teams right now. One, because their defense. Two, because they know the road ahead of them. They have a chance to play a Super Bowl in their building. In the same locker room they played all year. That's never happened in football history. So we have a chance for history this year. And the Vikings know it. And they're coming into this playoff run thinking, if we could just take it one game at a time, on February 4th, on the eve of Jake Brown's birthday, we have a chance to play in our building for a championship. And that's a cool thought. That's something at MetLife, as us Jets Giants fans, were hoping that one of them made it. Of course it didn't happen, but you're hoping the Jets or Giants make it and they're home. The Vikings have a chance and a legit one to do that. And I think the Rams are a good matchup for them because they're inexperienced if they make it. Remember, if they don't, it's the Falcons. And the Falcons with the chip on their shoulder. And then it's Case Keenum versus Matt Ryan. The NFC playoffs has a much more intriguing feel to it than the AFC. Although if Carson Wentz was there, it'd be a whole lot better. That's a killer. That The one and two seeds are Nick Foles and Case Keenum. And number three is Jared Goff. And not even putting Goff, the top two quarterbacks there. And then the AFC, we have Tyrod Taylor in the mix. We have Blake Bortles in the mix. We have Marcus Mariota in the mix. Alex Smith. Some mediocrity amongst the quarterbacks. It's going to be fun. This is going to be a fun playoff race because we think well, the NFC we don't know. But the AFC we think it's Steelers-Patriots, but if it's not, all hell breaks loose. I just don't see any of those three to six unless maybe the Chiefs and the AFC doing any damage. The Bills, no. The Bills are just, they're, they're, they're glad to be in the race. They're glad for the first time in 20 years they're in the playoffs. And you can't blame them. I mean, the way the Bills got in is, is remarkable. It's, it's a heck of a story. But they ain't doing jack you-know-what in the playoffs. And I just don't believe in Blake Bortles to do much. He's he is uh, he's a step above trash. He is so inconsistent. He does not have great receivers. I'll give him that. I mean, he's throwing the ball to D.D. Westbrook. No relation to Brian Westbrook. No relation to Russell Westbrook. Or maybe there is, and I just didn't do my due diligence. I don't think he's related to either of them. <laughs> maybe he's Brian Westbrook's cousin. Who knows? But I ain't giving it to them. 
So I'm taking all the favorites against the spread. Chiefs, Rams, Jaguars, Saints. Move on to the divisional round. This is the Jake Brown Show, radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify. We talked about the playoffs. We talked about Marvin Lewis, New Year's resolutions, job security like Marvin Lewis, get a job. Also, we want to bring back some cool guests. I feel like I, I, I with sickness, the holidays, moving, we have not had, and then losing the email address, the CBS email was obviously big. Using Gmail makes it much more tough, difficult. But we need to bring back the cool guests. Not saying our guests now aren't cool. That's, that was just like a shot taken. But we, people used to be surprised and be like, oh, who's coming on? And it'd be interesting. Now it's, it's, it's random, but it's not. I'm trying to backtrack my words. We don't have some of the star. We used to have some star studded. I mean, Brown and Scoop was a star studded lineup for sure. But we need to bring back the big time guests, the people in studio. We've been moving. We don't even, we're in the old AMP studio. So once the regular studio is set up, hopefully next week and we have it working, hopefully we'll bring some people down to Hudson Street. Hopefully we'll have Jeannie back in here, James Igohart. I always call him Jeannie. But obviously now in Hamilton, hopefully get him back down here. Hopefully Tiki Barber will get him to come upstairs for uh, 15 minutes and hop in. And some of the guys from downstairs at WFN uh, will bring you the star power because we must return. Return, strive for greatness in the words of LeBron James. So that is another resolution. You okay over there, Pat? Pat almost fell over. Pat's looking at pictures of his date, his beard date. <laughs> date with a beard. Um, but yeah, some good stuff coming up. How about this? Taco Bell. Taco Bell, folks. Taco Bell is rolling out dollar nachos, nacho fries. First of all, Pat, what do you think of this? Do you like, we talked about, we like Taco Bell. Obviously better when you're not sober. But what do we think about nachos in the version of a fry that Taco Bell's laying out for only a dollar? That sounds amazing. I'm looking at the pictures how, right now. How big is it? And uh, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, it looks like a regular fry. I can't tell where the nacho is incorporated. Um, but how am I... I, I kind of want to get this now. I don't know if I should after stomach virus. <laughs> I feel like this might be the worst. Oh, wow. Yeah, this... I don't know. Mix The fries mixed with the queso and the beef on there. It looks incredible. And I think we might need Taco Bell dollar fries in our lives. I'm just trying to determine because it looks like a fry. I can't tell if it's anything if a nacho's built into it. Oh, it looks like the not dollar nacho fries. The, I was like, 
maybe like a Cajun fry with dipping sauce. Yeah, it looks like a Cajun and fry. And then you have the nacho fries Belgrande. The Belgrande is what I, I would have is, to get. Yes, that looks, that's I mean, a great idea. I'd have to have, I'd probably be drunk and get it, but I would yeah. devour. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, I think I'm sold. I think I, I have to, you have to do it and for a dollar. Um, and cool. The fries, here we go. The fries will feature bold Mexican seasoning and include a side of nacho cheese dipping sauce. Um, last month it added the dollar stacker, a quesadilla like egg sandwich to its dollar all day menu and plans to add 20 new dollar items this year. They've been in a dollar menu war of sorts to compete with the behemoth McDonald's, which has been aggressively lowering its prices. But it's still, Taco Bell seems to offer so much more for lower prices. It does, but I always find that my bill is so expensive. It always ends up being like $12. You just want to order everything. Yeah, you just get everything, and it's never that cheap. Like, I look at the prices, I'm like, oh, this is a Taco Bell is going to be a cheap order. I'm like, that'll be $12.74. I'm like, how did I get that much that it's that that it's a dozen dollars, but I'm gonna try to do- first. You got. I think I'm gonna start with the dollar fry, and then I'm gonna expand to the El. What is it? El Grande, Big Bel- Poppy. What is it? Bel Grande. Bel Grande. What is what's Bel Grande? What's Bell mean? Big Grand. I don't, I don't know. Bel Grande. Bel Grande. Taco Bell. Let's see. Let's see what these Bel Grande is all about. They used to also have those little um, chicken dippers. They were so good, but they discontinued them. I don't know what they were called. They were little triangle. I have things. to tell you, what my maybe my favorite thing at Taco Bell is that nobody ever gets, and it's so underrated. It's not a taco. The cinnamon twists are incredible oh. there. Have you ever had them? No, I know. Your had reaction them. is what everyone has, and I'm like, you've never had the cinnamon twist. Like that is my I, favorite part of I Taco Bell. I usually don't get dessert at Taco Bell. It's not even dessert. It's a cinnamon twist. Like people sleep on the cinnamon twist at Taco Bell, and in my mind, that's the best thing they have. I mean, mm-hmm. I like Taco Bell. I get the tacos and what burrito, whatever. But too many people have been sleeping on these cinnamon twists, man. I mean, these cinnamon twists are very good. And nobody talks about them. Pat didn't even know they were there. You have yeah, to get I the usually, cinnamon twist. They also right. had the cinnamon delights, the little, I think this is Taco Bell. Actually, no, this might be the uh, the place in North Carolina. They have Salsaritas. Uh, they have the cinnamon twist with like cream filling. That's amazing. But get the cinnamon twist, folks. Taco Bell is not writing us a check here, but I have <laughs> to say, you got to try the cinnamon twist. Now, with these fries... You're right. Bel Grande, three forty nine. The Supreme Fries are two forty nine, which come with beef and pico de gallo, or the Bel Grande for three forty nine. But the twists are like a dollar. Do yourself a favor, and if you go to Taco Bell, try a cinnamon twist. Sometimes I get two. Sometimes I get aggressive, and I'll get two cinnamon twists. I have to remember that next time I go. Are you looking them up? Do you see a picture of them? No, I kind of remember them on the menu, but I usually just get like. I like the Mexican pizza with a taco. Okay, you get a Mexican pizza. What is this you world? Don't, you don't like Mexican pizza? No. <laughs> I, I kind of want cinnamon twist right now. See, I want all this food now, but I really sh- I have to ease myself into eating. Uh, is milkshake bad for your stomach? Is that going to be bad? Cause I, oh, that's got to be bad for your stomach. You think? I would think, yeah. I might just Stick with kill my out. stomach and, <laughs> and get the milkshake. See if it brings all, all the boys Ooh. to the yard. Um, but... Yeah, cinnamon twist everyone sleeps on. But 
I don't know about you people watching or listening, but let me know. But I think I'm all in on the dollar fries, and I will probably try them maybe this weekend and report back. But I think it starts you start with the dollar ones and work your ways up if, if you like those. The key will be will it work with the dipping sauce? Will it work with that cheese? Because you got to try it with the cheese because then it's not a nacho fry, it's just a fry. And then will it work with ketchup? Will it be? A, no. Will it have a dual not purpose? With, not with the Mexican spices. I'm curious. Well, I, well, you got to try it with ketchup. Yeah. I won't try it with anything else except the ketchup and the cheese. Um, but I'm all in. I'm good. I'm getting them. Um, I really am. This is the Jake Brown Show, Radio.com, iTunes, Spotify. How about the Craig Sager news? I've talked with, I haven't talked recently with his, his, uh, daughter Casey she is a great Twitter follow um, but they not left with nothing in the will Craig left nothing in the will and I know she said and uh, it's it's been out there that uh, that Craig Sager's wife sucked I mean the girl he was with was kind of a money grabber younger and, and went after his money and all the money is in her aunt and Casey and Craig Sager Jr. are not getting a dime of it, and you feel for them. I mean, it's you're in a position where you don't want to say a lot. Like you don't, you have to address it. And I give them full credit because I would speak up on it. I mean, their dad's a legend, an icon, and this this wife that, from what I've seen, sucks, and from what I've heard, sucks, is getting all the money. Not that it's about the money, but. That's important. And peep, not everyone knows about about the dad as much in Craig as people know him as this joyful figure, wore the suits, but in not all senses, he wasn't the greatest father, um, which is disappointing to see. And you would hope that your daughter and son would get the money. But Stacy Sager was is apparently not a great woman, allegedly. And how the kids and your blood kids don't not that it's I mean, it's not you're not trying to sound greedy and like, oh they did so I mean, they were there with their their dad. And they were there at the hospital with him and don't see a dime of it. I know if I was in her position and if I was in Craig Jr.'s position, I'd be pretty heartbroken about that. You're blood family? And this chick's going to come in and take it all? These guys are grinding in the industry. Casey's grinding. Craig is grinding. Reporting, writing, working the high school scene down in Georgia, doing a terrific job down there. And they can't get a little help from the millions that their dad made. That's very disappointing. So that was an unfortunate situation to read as it came out that the will and they get they don't get a dime of it. But anyways, 
finally. Isaiah Thomas made his return. A couple minutes left here in the show. Isaiah Thomas makes his return, and boy, it is huge for the Cavs to get Isaiah Thomas back. He scored 17 in his debut, and the Cavs need him. It's good to see him back on the floor as they beat the Blazers. And without him, they are in deep doo-doo. The other report that came out, the Cavs tried to move Kyrie before he requested a trade. So now you're hearing a little bit more to the story. And they tried. Cleveland explored, explored trading Kyrie in June, long before he asked out. A fact that was omitted. I didn't feel the need to say anything because I knew the truth, and so did they. He says, so it didn't matter what others said. Still, for a split second, Irving they didn't want me there. So Kyrie said they didn't want me there, and that's what led the, the news that came out. There was a preemptive story to this, and that's the fact that they tried to trade him. And then it came out, and everyone's surprised. But what we didn't know that we now found out is that they kind of showed that they didn't want him by trying to trade him before. And then he came out, boom, I want to be traded. So there's always more that comes out to stories, and that's the age that we live in. It's social media age that we live in, and that's it. Finally, first game, amazing, Oklahoma-Georgia. I, I want the Baker Mayfield to win, and they just had some awful play calling, and a choke down the stretch, and then a blocked field goal, and Georgia scores the touchdown and wins it. The other game sucked. I mean, it took the life out of the second game when the first game was that good. It's like, can a game top that first game? And Alabama blew the doors off Clemson. So Alabama and Georgia in a SEC battle for the championship next week. I'm ready for college football to be over, though. Too many bowl games. I say it every year. Too many to keep track of. So that is done. Some other new CFL team trades a QB, and they might be clearing a spot for Johnny Manziel. Money Manziel might be back. Johnny boy, back on the scene. Sprinkle a little, little money mainzel. Coming up next on the show, first off, make sure you listen. The Brandon Steiner interview is up now on iTunes and Spotify and Radio.com. Coming up next is former Jaguar safety Donovan Darius is going to join us. Um, we'll talk about the Flag Football League and winning a million dollars, pros versus Joes, the Jaguars playoffs, uh, and a whole lot more. Uh, congrats to Bills Mafia. You're going to the Super Bowl. Uh, you're going to the playoffs. They acted like they were going to the Super Bowl. Uh, that was a celebration like no other. So make sure you check out Brandon Steiner and coming up next, Donovan Darius. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll keep you posted on the dollar nacho fries if they are good or not. Side note, too, Greatest Showman. Great movie about Ringley, Barnum, Bailey. Definitely worth seeing it. Um, despite me having about eight 13-year-old girls in front of me. And when Zac Efron came on the screen, they would scream. And one of them, when Zac Efron kissed a girl in the movie, a girl screamed, no! I'm like, oh, my God, Bieber fever here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Subscribe to The Jake Brown Show on iTunes, rate it five stars, write a review, and on Spotify. Follow us at Jake Brown Radio and Jake Brown Show. And don't forget, every week, every show, every week, when we do the show once a week. That was terrible wording. When we do the show once a week, you catch it on Facebook Live. You can watch a long comment. We'll read your comments and chime in. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Donovan Darius coming up next right here on the Jake Brown Show on Radio.com. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And welcome to the Jake Brown Show on Radio.com, iTunes, and Spotify. NFL playoffs coming up this week, and the Jacksonville Jaguars see themselves in the playoffs. Yes, it's true. Playoffs, yes. The Jaguars and Saxonville, uh, the defense was amazing, and a guy who was part of the Jaguars' defense uh, about a decade ago, a little over a decade ago, I won't age him too much here, but 98 to 2006, and a couple of those Jaguars teams were nasty, uh, 14-2 and in 99, 11-5 and in 98 in his rookie years. Donovan Darius joining us right now. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Jake. And yourself? I'm doing well. As we discussed before, it was deathly ill before the end of the year, but... We have made it through in 2018, a big year, and a big year for you as you're part of the advisory board of the AFFL. And people don't know, it's the the new American Flag Football League. It's out in a huge tournament, which I'm a fan of, kind of getting labeled as pros versus Joes here, where someone can win, one team can win $1 million, and they'll go up against the likes of uh, Chad Ochocinco and uh, Michael Vick is one of the captains, and Nate Robinson has joined in. Uh, he used to play uh, some football at Washington. People don't know that he's a good football mm-hmm. player despite his his size. And uh, you're on the advisory board along with those guys and Trent Dilfer, Rob Conrad. Uh, talk about this league with us because it's starting to get some hype here uh, in the new year, and it should be pretty cool. It has It's a cool concept. Almost oh, definitely, yeah. It's definitely going to be very cool for guys – uh, you know, one of the things when I retired, and, and it happens with a lot of guys, when you finish playing, you may still have the energy, you still have the competitive fire, you still have the passion for the game. But as you know, the NFL only has about 1,500 spots every year. And so when you get guys that are, you know, finished with their time in the league, whether it's by choice or not, uh, to have something that they can go to, to have something where they can still compete, they can still be relevant, they can still live out a passion and a dream, and then ultimately compete for a great prize is, at the end of the day, it's what they look for, it's what they dream about. And so the American Flag Football League is, you know, provides just that. Uh, it's something that provides an opportunity for kids as young as, you know, seven, eight years old who been, who would like to play football may not play it with tackle, but run around, be athletic, compete, and then be able to look forward to something and say, one day I want to be a professional football player and know that there's something in there that's being developed and and has success and that they can become. And so I'm very excited about the opportunity, what this provides for former uh, NFL players. I'm excited for what it provides for elite athletes in all sports that has uh, a love for the game of football and I'm excited also for what it's going to do for, you know, the American League, the individuals that, that love this game, love football, and also would love to compete against some of the heroes that they've watched over years on television. So get up off your couch, people listening. It's only 99 bucks for the registration fee. Uh, so, so the guy cutting your deli meat 
Uh, you could be t- uh, you could be going up against Ocho Cinco. It's Ocho Cinco versus the Delhi guy. Uh, so you never know who's going to play. And uh, there's going to be prizes along the way as well. So people could win money and prizes. And do do you know of the, any of the other names? Or is it or is it top secret of any of the other names here that are going to play? We know those three. Do you know anyone else? Well, yeah, I know several of the guys, but I think we're going to reveal exactly who those guys are as we continue and get closer to it. I think uh, one of the greatest things that I can say for anyone that's listening um, is this is a tremendous opportunity for you to live out your passion, your dream, uh, with the opportunity to, to win a great prize and go against, as you mentioned, and dominate some of the guys that you watched on TV. And so mm-hmm. uh, we used to say in football, it doesn't matter who lines up in front of me, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you today. And so I think uh, at the average Joe's, the American League, they can have that same mentality. I don't care if you put Michael Vick, Gary Rice, Deion Sanders, today's my day. And so we love that excitement about it because we, we've enjoyed it for so long, playing as part of the 1% of people in the world that make it to the NFL. And this league, I believe, gives an opportunity uh, to that 99% of individuals how to taste success at this ultimate level. And if you want to register, go to American Flag uh, dot football, and you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at uh, Pro Flag AFFL. Uh, doesn't part of you part of you itching to get yourself out there to play a little flag football, Donovan? No, no, not not <laughs> my my chapter is over as far as that. I mean, I love what I do. I I teach a lot of the game in terms of sports, um, you know, speed, skills, drills with, uh, you know, to a lot of youth kids as well. So I get a chance to pour it in there. My chapter, as far as that is done, people always ask me, you know, Donovan, do you miss playing? And I really don't. And that's only because I had the mindset, and I'm grateful for it, while I was playing, to practice and to play with no regret. And so I think a lot of guys who want to continue on, um, either, number one, they still have the passion for it and they haven't discovered what their next chapter is, or two, they feel like, man, if I would have just did this, if I would have just did that. And so I'm fortunate to be able to look at my life, look at my career, and say I had 10 successful years in the league. I set an NFL record, you know, for franchise tag player being three years in a row. And I've transitioned and moved into, you know, what it is that I do now in personal professional development. Donovan Darius, at Donovan Darius on Twitter with an I in there, uh, not the A. You can follow him, and he, he does it all, and he did it all in the field. Uh, for a good amount of time with the Jaguars, and uh, you led the secondary in tackles for seven straight seasons, and those Jaguars teams were fun with Mark Brunell and Fred Taylor. And actually, I texted one of your former teammates today that I that I know, George Reister, the former Jaguars tight, tight mm-hmm. end, and I said, do you have any joke for I could tell Donovan or any inside jokes between you guys? And he said, not really. He said that you listen to classical music regularly. So I guess that was your, uh, mm-hmm. what was that, your pregame music or something? Yeah, man. You know, I, I had a I had a routine um, that I stuck to all my years, and what that did is it allowed me to not focus on the feelings um, to determine the performance. And mm-hmm. so the standard was determined by the routine. And one of the parts of my routine was what I call the quiet before the storm was what I listened to before we went out. And so I would listen to, you know, Bach, Beethoven. Huh nice smooth music before i stepped outside that that locker room and then when it's time to step out the locker room it's all about the storm so you were not listening like in 2000 maybe to like nelly or like 50 cent it was all about bach and uh 
and that kind of music. That's interesting. Put you in the right mindset. I, I can feel yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I listen to a little bit of everything, but I had a routine right before I was listening to certain music um, that got me in a mindset to prepare to go out there. I mean, here's one of the things we realized. I mean, when people want to always know, well, what is it like as a professional athlete? You know, we don't go out there based off of hype. You know, it's not about the energy and just being really hyped. It's about the confidence that comes through preparation. You see, the preparation that you put in all, all season, the preparation you put in through that week allows you to be just as calm as you want and execute at an extremely high level. So it wasn't about music getting me all pumped up. It was mm -hmm. about me being pumped up by the preparation that I put in. Now I can go out and execute. George also said you, uh, your daughters were good at sports. Uh, he said you, f you finish your degree while you're playing. And he said all-around good dude, hard worker, faithful Christian. So George Reischer had some uh, nice words to say for you. Um, well, I paid George to say all that. Man. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, George, George is a good guy too, man. He does a radio show uh, on Facebook and, uh, you know, well, uh, kind of a Facebook show where he, he does a great job there. Uh, we had many battles uh, together, man. And that is one of the things you do miss. When you're done playing, and I think what the ASFL allows guys to do, it is to build that camaraderie again with the locker room. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to have an opportunity for guys to come together and play at a high level, uh, to be brothers again with a big goal out there, I think it definitely provides a, a tremendous benefit in the new chapter of guys' lives. What do you think of this Jaguars team? They're going up against the Bills. The Bills – might be playing without LaShawn McCoy, and if he plays, he's going to be playing with a sprained ankle, and that's just such a huge loss for the Bills if he is out. Uh, what do you see happening in this game and your former team? Are they going to pull this off? Well, we, we definitely hope so. We definitely hope so. If you look at the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, you don't want to stumble into the playoffs, but guess what? I'd rather stumble in the playoffs than be standing straight up looking at the playoffs from the outside in on the sidelines. So mm -hmm. uh, wherever, whatever momentum they have, I believe that with the leadership of Coach Doug Marone and, and Coach Coughlin this year, it's been evident of what happens when you have a disciplined team who plays and practices and performs up to a level of accountability. And so you've seen a lot of guys making plays. You've seen a lot of the talent and potential that guys had. You, allow, you see it coming out on Sundays where they actually execute. And so we just – I'm optimistic. I believe that any you can win any game. And so we just hope that this week they come out and they just execute at a very high level because once you're in the playoffs, man, anything is possible. Does this team at all remind you – I mean, you were there in 99, 14-2. You guys lose in the AFC Championship to the mm -hmm. Titans who end up beating uh, the Rams in that uh, incredible Super Bowl where it came down to the one-yard line. Does, does this defense and Saxonville, as they say – uh, remind you at all of your team? Well, it does. It does in some parts and other parts it don't. Where it does, where it's similar is that from a defensive standpoint, we had guys that were able to make plays at critical times. And I think this defense that they have right now, that's what they're doing. They're being led by the guys up front. And that makes the job on the back row that much easier. We also had an offense, you know, led, you know, led by – Fred Taylor and Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardle, Mark Winnell, which they were they were playmakers. And that's kind of where it's different. I think the offense that we had then, you know, kind of outshines the offense we have now. Oh, yeah. But I think the defense that we have now, um, they're dominating, especially because, they're, you know, they're ranked number what, two, three, 
for so in the league. And so I just think, you know, apples and apples, uh, if we had played against each other, I think that it would have been a really good, it was a really great matchup. You know you guys would win. Come on. You know you'd win. You know Mark Brunel's beating Blake Bortles. Come on. Jacksonville will win. Exactly. (laughs) Because I don't know, man. Hey, I don't know if Ramsey can stick with Jimmy Smith, you know. (laughs) Because Jay Smooth was a technician, and Kenny Carden, Kenyon Carter, he'll eat you up in the middle over the middle and he's doing a good job coaching now he's a receivers coach he had to hold the guy back last week or the week before uh, you saw him basically like choke a guy that. that was great uh, that's that's just tremendous coaching by him um uh, last one being a defensive player and a safety uh with the player safety rules and fines and everything changing mm-hmm. i mean how much different for you would it be have been uh playing today versus then it feels like as a defensive player a lot of your skills get diminished in today's game well, it's definitely a difference, and it's a change. But I think one of the things that make you a professional is your ability to adapt, your ability to still perform at a high level, even though you have circumstances. You know, I remember my rookie year. My rookie year, we were playing Detroit, uh, and that was Barry Sanders' first year. Well, the week before, I wound up hurting my knee in the game. Mm-hmm. And so I actually had to come out against Barry Sanders, who I've watched be the human joystick and just make people look embarrassed. I had to come out against him with a knee brace on. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it's, it's bad enough a guy don't have any knee braces on the healthy getting twisted around. Now I'm out there in my rookie year going against the greatest one or the greatest running back ever to play. And so what I had to do is I had to adjust the way I played. I had to take different angles. I had to, I had to adjust. And I think the same thing would be today. Uh, if I played in this era right now, sure. Would I have to adjust in terms of the hits and the finishing tech, you know, the finishing that I would have in terms of where? I'm sure. But at the end of the day, you do what you got to do, you know, ultimately to, you know, to win and, you know, to dominate what you do. So uh, it would have been a little bit challenging, but like anything else, uh, it's something that you, you learn how to do, and that's why you're a professional. Donovan Darius, former Jaguar safety. They'll play the Bills this weekend on Sunday in Jacksonville. They got a home game. Make sure you check out the American Flag Football League, the U.S. Open of Football. Get a million dollars. Why not? Give it a shot. I mean, take take a week off from, from your job and go play some football and have a chance to go up against the greats, and you're part of the advisory board. We'll be checking it out for sure in the coming months. Maybe I'll sign up. I don't know if my knees can do it, but uh, if it's not tackle, maybe I could do it, be an offensive lineman or something. Uh, Donovan, appreciate you coming on the Jake Brown Show. Thank you, man. All right, man. Happy New Year. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.